Welcome to the Chess Underground. Eccentricities, peculiarities, and theoretical novelties. Okay, um, welcome back to the Chess Underground. We're here in July 2021. And my guest this month, I am very happy to uh, sit down with Divina Devagran, Women's Fide Master, who I will let talk a little bit about herself. Hi, yeah, thank you so much for the invite. It's uh, good to be here. So yeah, my name is Davina. I'm a Women's Fide Master, and I started playing chess around the age of eight or nine, and I'm turning 20 this week. So I've been in this world for quite a while. And um, I've taken a break from competitive chess for a little bit, plan to come back soon, and I'm also a streamer and a coach, so that's a little bit about me in the chess world. Cool, yeah, so uh, happy pre-birthday, I suppose, would be in <laughs> Thank order. You. Um, so Davina, I, I saw that you started off in chess, and, and you just mentioned it, as a scholastic player. Um, what was that experience like? Did you just you know, go to your local chess club? Uh, could you tell us a little more about, about how you began in the chess world? Yeah, so around the age of eight or nine, my dad had come back with a chess set, I think from Poland or somewhere, and it looked really cool to me. And I don't quite remember the journey to starting, but I remember that I just found it interesting and he taught me how the pieces moved and I would just kind of play with him back and forth. And at some point I was able to kind of give him a fight and start beating him. And then uh, my parents found some chess clubs nearby or a few tournaments and they thought I could just try it out and I ended up liking it and from there, that's kind of how the journey began. That's cool. You know, it's interesting. I've I've spoken with a lot of people who they got into chess because they thought it looked cool, like, you know, the pieces, you know what I mean? Like, there's something, like, very aesthetically yeah. <laughs> pleasing. What do you think it is? Like, is it just the touch of the piece or the look? I don't know. I think, so... From a physical aspect, I'd say that, like, it's pretty cool how the different pieces move and have their own unique kind of things that they do. But I think another aspect of it is just the fact that it's a strategy game and no right. game that you play is ever the same as your previous one. So there's always something new to learn, um, a new game, new tricks. And I think it's just it never gets old, you know, so it's always something up and coming. Yeah, I think that I think that's really good insight. Um... I, I also noticed that uh, you you did very well as a scholastic player. You won a couple of, uh, was it Texas State Championships? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. The, I played mostly in Texas. I would travel mm -hmm. every now and then. And I think the one out of Texas thing that I won was my title, which was in New York. Okay. Uh, one year. Right. And now the the tournament in New York, was that the North American Youth or is that a different event? Yes, yes. It was the North American Youth Chess Champs. Cool. So um, North American Youth Awards, I believe in each section, if, if you win your section, you also are awarded a FIDE title. Is that, is that correct? I believe so, yeah. I was supposed to play, I think I was 12 at the time, mm -hmm. and I was supposed to play like under f 14, but that section didn't quite make for girls. So they kind of combined us with the boys that year. Um, so we were kind of playing with the boys, but the uh, titles and the awards were given based on how the girls did. So... It was kind of a different experience that year. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, when you have a, sort of a mixed combined section that makes it more difficult in a lot of ways. I mean, even just kind of like figuring out the standings and, and like what kind of score you need, right? Yeah, yeah. I still remember that tournament like really clearly, especially during the end, how like all the girls were like super nervous and trying to figure out who was coming up on top. And it really came down literally until the last game to figure out who was going to win. So 
definitely an experience that uh, I'll always remember. <laughs> wow. You know, I mean, I don't play as competitively as much anymore, but one of the things that I remember a lot about it was like the nerves. And, mm -hmm. you know, especially in like a really critical game, like you feel that adrenaline, you know what I mean? Is yeah. that, is that for you? Is that like, is that a positive? Like, is it cool? Is it a rush? Or is it more of like, a, oh, I got to manage this? I'd say, to be honest, it kind of became a negative thing over time, just mm. because I felt each person's experience is different. But for me, there was always a ton of pressure on me, not just myself, but also with, you know, parents and, you know, coaches and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt that so much was riding on each game or each tournament that I played that sometimes, you know, I forgot that it's a game that I could just enjoy. So I was always extremely nervous with every single game I played every tournament and it kind of got worse over time. Um, and after, you know, I would win or something that would feel like a huge relief. But I'd say if it didn't go my way or if it was like, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. It was definitely quite the nerves were quite detrimental over the years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, as I, um, as we talked about a little bit before the show, um, I, I read your bio and you mentioned, you know, sometime around, I think it was 2019, you had a little bit of burnout, right? From, yes. I, I assume this is mainly from playing. Was it also coaching too, or was it just, just mainly related to tournaments? It was pretty much mainly related to tournaments. So the burnout, it was kind of long overdue. I had felt it quite a few years prior to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt this pressure to play because I was like, you have to get that next title. You have to hit this specific rating. And to me, you know, I still played because I was in a way kind of forced to. Mm -hmm. um, but in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, I'm kind of playing for rating and points and these kind of labels that define how I'm doing and not more because I actually enjoy the game. So around 2019, I just had a super bad tournament and I was pretty stagnant and really just not enjoying anything about the game anymore or what would happen after. So I decided, you know, I was old enough to, you know, just take a step back on my own and take a break from it. And um, it really helped um, me mentally. And I mm -hmm. took a break for about, honestly, until the pandemic started. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I came back to the chess world and with streaming and everything. And now it's kind of like, a different mindset and I'm in a different place with that so I think it really helps that's awesome you know I think you know just sharing that uh, another thing that you told me before the show and I hope you don't mind me repeating it was that you know you feel like that's kind of common for a lot of chess players you know mm -hmm. like everybody at some stage of their uh, I don't know let's call it competitive career <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe that's the best way to put it um, feels a little bit of burnout and I, I think that's really true um, and, you know, I think sometimes, at least I, I'm speaking for myself anyway, what can be difficult about it is just acknowledging it, you know, and accepting like, you know, I'm, I'm not having fun right now. Maybe I need to take a step back. Yeah, exactly. And uh, a lot of factors kind of go into it, and especially chess, where it's a game where, you know, rounds can last up to like five, six hours sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some tournaments you invest like a lot of time and you know, also financially, and if things don't go your way, it can definitely take a toll. And I think especially for me, I didn't deal with those times as well. And, you know, when things didn't go my way, or I invested so much time and an outcome didn't happen, and it would happen like pretty often, I was kind of like, you know, I need to step back and reevaluate, you know, my kind of relationship with the game and what I kind of want out of it. So yeah, yeah, it's tough, because like, you know, chess, is in a lot of ways it's like so results oriented you know what i mean yeah 
-hmm. I mean, there's like enjoyable games. I've certainly played plenty of enjoyable games where I end up on the losing side. But, you know, at some point when push comes to shove, it, there's just such this big focus on results and results and results and results. And that can be tricky, you know? Um, exactly. You mentioned the length of the game. I, I can tell you one time I traveled to a tournament in Oklahoma and I played a 141 move game that lasted about seven hours. And at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, right. Like you could just, you could just feel the pain. At the end of the day, I was, I, my game ended at like 1 a.m. And I like looked back at my day, and I realized that my first round started at 10, and I had played about 13 hours total of chess that day because my other two rounds were long too. Um, mm -hmm. And I was just like, I don't, I don't think I've ever been more tired in my life. You know what I mean? Just like, what yeah. am I doing here? <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember one time. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Exactly. No, 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 no worries. Like, I remember one time, like, kind of like what you said, I was playing this tournament and there was, a, there was only two rounds that day for me, mm -hmm. but the last round I played for about six hours yeah. and it went until like 12, one in the morning and I ended up losing. So oh, no, it was, yeah. yeah, it's definitely mental and physical sport. So many factors in it, <laughs> the beauty and the pain behind the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, that's something that I talked about actually with my last guest, James Canty. I don't know if you're familiar with mm -hmm. him. Um, yeah. Just like the the physical aspect of the game and like how fit mm -hmm. you really have to be to compete. Um, how do you feel about that? Like, do you, do you do like do you exercise before games or you know I know I see like some gyms are doing like jogging routines now. Um, what do you think about the physical aspect of the game? I think the physical aspect is is quite important. Um, for me, I, I never really had, you know, that pre-tournament rituals where, you know, I'd work out or, or whatever it would be. I, I tried to stay more calm before, before tournaments or games, but, um, when I wasn't preparing or playing my whole life, I've been heavy into sports. So to me, exercising is just naturally something I try to look for. Cause sure. if I'm super stressed, you know, with Chester, even outside in normal life, like just releasing some energy and getting some stress away running or sports it definitely helps a bunch and when you come back and sit at that screen you know you feel a bit better your head is a bit more cleared so i think it's important and helps a lot that's cool uh, if you don't mind me asking what sports are you into so uh the one i kind of stuck to was taekwondo okay um but nowadays you know i've gone back to like tennis and soccer um i really like swimming so kind of different things but taekwondo is what i had stuck with very cool. Very cool. I, I actually had a, a chess student one time who was a Taekwondo. Okay, I'm, I'm probably going to mess this up, but I think they have a belt system, right? Yeah. Okay. And I believe he was a black belt. He was pretty good, as I recall. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, so that's really neat. Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned just a little bit ago was how coming back to the game at the beginning of the pandemic, um, let's just say, you know, you had a better mindset, right? Um, mm -hmm. and streaming, um, would it be fair to say, like, helped with that? Yeah, for sure. I'd say one reason why my mindset was kind of changed is because back then I thought I was kind of, you know, quitting for, you know, forever or yeah. as far as I could tell. Um, I didn't really expect to come back. And then when I came back, you know, because of some friends that were kind of getting into the streaming world, I was like, you know, there's there's no pressure anymore. Like, I don't have coaches. I don't have parents. I don't have, you know, any of the external pressure. It's just me. So I can play for fun. 
and then with streaming i was like i can maybe try to build a community see if that happens and you know talk to people and enjoy the game and there's no pressure it's not results oriented anymore and i think i kind of got a new love for the game and wanted to improve on my own and you know actually put in time to study again and even now when i think about it like a year later I still don't have plans to go back over the board quite yet, but it is something that I do think I'm going to do maybe next year or so when things kind of settle down with my life. So, I have to say, like you know, that's that's really cool to hear because um, I love like watching streams, and also I used to do a little bit of streaming myself, and mm. I had very much the same experience where it's almost like it just completely shifts like. The focus of what you're doing with chess you know what i mean yeah like instead of just like oh my god i have to win every game you know and, and rating 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 now it's just like i'm gonna sit here and i'm gonna talk <laughs> you know yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so what do you think i mean um it, it sounds like you know we have a good grasp on like what drew you to streaming um mm -hmm. what do you think makes streaming so let, let's shift to the eyes of the viewers for the moment mm-hmm Lately, like esports and Twitch and streaming has just exploded in popularity. Yeah. What, what do you think is the cause of that? Like, what what made that happen? Well, honestly, when it when it comes to at least the chess world, I think some things that really helped the boom were like you know, Pog Champs was a big thing. Yeah. Um, the Queen's Gambit, those things definitely helped. And then I think chess streamers in general and platforms like Twitch got more exposure due to those things and obviously like Hikaru, um, Levy, all those like um, big people, they definitely made a huge positive impact for, for the chess world and chess streamers. Um, I think a bunch of those things kind of played into role and now there's so many people, you know, picking up streaming and building their own communities and everyone's just kind of coming together on like, especially Twitch, like this platform and it's really nice to see like, you know, you just kind of go on Twitch and you see all these people streaming and Everyone's just having a good time, you know, doing different things, different content, and there's always someone to watch and always someone for you for whatever you're looking for. And I think that's that's really cool to see because I never, I never knew about Twitch before the pandemic that much, mm -hmm. um, and I never knew the potential. But so many positive things have happened for chess since then, and it's pretty awesome to see. You know, I think that's true for a lot of people. How, um, in a very like weird, bizarro world way, you know, the pandemic. Um, opened doors to them that weren't there before or like exposed them to things that they hadn't been exposed to exactly um, so that's really cool i mean so you you kind of think it's maybe the collaborative element and like the working together building communities you think that's one of the main like drivers of this twitch boom yeah i i think so too and i think just the exposure to getting you know like in the pog streams there was a lot of variety streamers mm -hmm. that had their own communities and they kind of introduced chess um in their in their communities which were already really big and people kind of got introduced to the game and i know a lot of people like at some points were like yeah you know i used to play chess as a kid then i just kind of quit but you know because of the pandemic and you know my favorite streamer maybe played in pog champs or whatever it may be mm -hmm. some people got that drive to maybe try the game out again and a lot of people seem to enjoy it you know that's interesting i um i think one of the things that we see like you know chess at probably globally, but definitely at least in the United States, has always been like this like weirdly individual sport, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have team competitions. We have, uh, you know, at Scholastic tournaments, we have team prizes, but like primarily mm -hmm. 
it's very individual. You know, you're competing for you. You're competing yeah. for your title, your prize, your rating. And so as a result of that, like it's very combative in nature, you know, at tournaments, you just, you're, you're there to compete, you're there to win, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's another reason why I kind of liked, you know, the whole Twitch and streaming because right. with my experience anyways, based on, you know, the environments that I played in and stuff, and like just speaking out of true honesty, it wasn't always the most positive environment. And I found a lot of times it was pretty toxic hearing what some people, you know, kind of say behind your back or, you know, after you lose kind of badly or whatever it may be. And sometimes I felt like, you know, everyone's just kind of out to get each other. So it was definitely very competitive in solo. But when I kind of took a break and came back and saw, you know, people on Twitch and stuff collaborating and have everyone building their own communities and sharing communities, I kind of felt something that I hadn't really felt when I played competitively was that sense of community, you know, that I never quite had. And to see people can just kind of bond over the game and just, you know, just have fun and be positive with each other. That was something that I really was happy to see and I kind of wanted to take part in as well. That's another thing that drew me to it. That's really and so <clears throat> it's interesting you said specifically that. Because um when I when I first took this job um in twenty eighteen, I had a really fun car ride with our executive director, Carol Meyer. Mm -hmm. Um and one of the things that we talked about in that car ride was, you know, um what you know, how how can we draw more uh women and girls to playing chess? And mm -hmm. One of sort of one of the hypotheses that we uh, bantered back and forth about was this idea of, you know, um, can chess develop more of a sense of community or a feeling of belonging, and that that might be one of the avenues or routes to drawing more female players to the game. What do you think about that? Do you think there's some merit to that, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think that is I, I kind of believe that as well. Um, I'd say like right now, you know, when I would go to tournaments or I, I've heard other girls kind of talk about this too, we're kind of like the only, you know, female players there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we kind of feel like, you know, left out or, you know, my experience, I'm just going to talk based on my experience because I don't know other people's experience, but I would feel left out or I'd feel like, you know, sometimes I was kind of looked down on or, you know, yeah. something like that. And whether you know people intended it or not you know i just kind of felt that way based on things i'd hear about myself and I, I had to be really strong you know to continue playing those tournaments and i always felt this need to just prove myself mm -hmm. um because i felt you know people thought i was weaker just because i was a girl mm -hmm. but i feel like you know if we could have the twitch world or community and that kind of positive community that everyone has and kind of make it in person you know feel like the tournament experience not just for girls but in general as well would feel it, it would be easier um in a sense and more positive and just just a better experience overall so i definitely think i i would agree with that as well i'm, I'm actually totally with you right there i think it would be really fun to have like a twitch style like in-person tournament i don't know how you pull yeah. that off you know <laughs> like you'd maybe be be like allowed to collab with somebody i don't know or you'd be able to like consult with chat but i think that would just be so cool to have like an in-person yeah. like i mean i don't even know what you would call it almost like a party tournament yeah we need like a huge venue and everything <laughs> right <laughs> a huge venue 
with probably we need like some on-site actual streamers like broadcasters but we also need some people playing who just gonna have that uh i don't know like mood or i don't know the right way to describe it yeah that'd be really fun is it easier do you find you know you mentioned a lot of times when you play over the board events you're you're maybe the only or one of the few uh girl female players who are, who are at the event you know i imagine one of the appeals of twitch is that it's easier to uh, connect with other other women playing the game yeah i've honestly i've made so many friends just through twitch and with other streamers and another thing that i love about it is that you can make friends with people all over the world mm -hmm. and you all can come together and like just talk who would you say out of the twitch sphere the twitch universe i don't know the right way to put it do you have like a favorite person to collab with or to hop on stream with or maybe this is a three-part question maybe another or, or a two-part question also do you have like a, a favorite person to watch Ooh, that's a really tough question um i will be completely honest i do not watch twitch as much anymore mm -hmm. uh life has been extremely busy lately um Honestly, I I tend to watch, you know, I tend to watch friends just a lot sometimes if they're just on, I'll drop by and say hi. I also like to watch, you know, people like Eric Rosen, okay. um, I would say. And uh, there's also a another personal friend of mine, and he's also made a lot of um, impact, and he's supported the Twitch community a lot. Uh, his name's John, 95 Horatio. I like to watch him too. Um, we're friends, and he's just really genuine, and, you know, it's kind of like, it, like, with with a lot of the chats on Twitch sometimes, even if I don't have a lot of time to watch, they kind of each feel like their own safe place, you know, like, you'll know different people, they'll know you, um, you can just kind of talk, so I just kind of drift around stream to stream, but, um, even sometimes Hikaru or Levy, they're just fun to watch, like, they're just, you know, they're, they're real, like, they always are just talking genuinely, mm -hmm. um, and they kind of answer anything. It's just fun to watch. Like, and it's if I want something, someone funny. If I want someone, you know, kind of focused more on educational content, there's always a streamer available to watch. So, yeah, it's I, kind of like you. Can, I don't have you a specific your, favorite, but yeah. <laughs> pick your style almost, right? Exactly, exactly. And there's always someone on. So. Yeah, that's that's actually one of the coolest things. I, I talked about this with Lovey a little bit. You know, I remember when I was in college. Um, and this was like early 2000s. Uh, it was really weird because to watch chess was really difficult. <laughs> you know, like <Yeah. laughs> there there were very few chess broadcasts of any kind. Uh, usually, the only ones we got were the ones that made it to like a uh, like an ESPN, like when Kasparov would play the computer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And like catching a chess feed was it was like a desert. You know, you just you yeah. were desperately in search of water in the desert, and every now and then you'd find like a trickle. Uh, or like yeah. a drop, you know? And now it's like the absolute opposite. It's like you can, I mean, I can literally like turn on YouTube on my smart TV and like watch the world champion playing bullet, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yep. It's, it's so cool um, uh, how, how far like the chess broadcasting world has come. For sure. Um, do you have any, do you have any like favorite on-stream moments or things that you've done uh, while, while you've been broadcasting? Um... I'd say I've had some collab collaborations, like they're always really fun. Um, for me, 
my stream in general tends to be, uh, I definitely have more of a chill stream, mm-hmm. um, you know, where I like to play people and just kind of talk to chat. And um, for me, I guess <laughs> I, we have a lot of funny moments on my stream just because I tend to kind of be an idiot on stream. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like uh, I'll forget. I have really silly things I do, like I'll either pronounce words really wrong or I'll ask something really silly and forget something. So I make a fool of myself sometimes, but in, in my stream anyways, it's just really chill and just kind of feels like a close family, you know, so never never a dull moment really with them. You know, that's interesting because I, uh, when you mentioned Eric, I was going to say, aha, so you're, you're a big fan of like the chill vibes type of stream. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you got, so... Um, have you got any like special like channel emojis that you particularly like? I've seen some really funny ones out there. Oh, like the emotes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I think I said emoji. No worries. I have one. Um, so sometimes instead of saying awkward, I'll say awk, like mm-hmm. I'll abbreviate it. And there's one funny one of me like in a cartoon way that has awk expression. That's pretty nice. And uh, I, I also have, this is kind of a cuter one, but I have a bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, and her name's Luna, and I have a emote of her face, and it's just, it's really adorable. So those are probably two of my favorites. <laughs> what would be, what would be an appropriate moment to drop the Luna bunny emote? Ooh. <laughs> like what, how would that arise in chat? Where would, where would one I guess when I bunny? bring her on stream. Okay. So the yeah, when Luna I bring the bunny her on makes stream. like stream appearances. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, I'll bring her out from her cage and just kind of have her on me and, <laughs> she'll be the star of the show right. or uh, sometimes when people you know say hi they'll say like hi with some exclamation points and then put her put her face as like an entrance emote <laughs> so so um, pretty cute just just for science here this is strictly for science does your chest improve with luna around or does it get worse hmm i think she adds a lot of elo to me so i think i play about plus 200 or 300 with her Wow, that's a significant bump. So this is like one of those like emotional uh, support animal elo bumps, maybe, or like how? What, what is it? Or is it just like no, the bunny's really cute, so I'm gonna play better chess now. I think I think it's both. Honestly, I think it's both. <laughs> but sometimes if she's like being really active or not behaving too well, then it's like a knock on the elo. So, you know, it kind of goes either way. But for the cuteness, it's definitely worth it. Definitely plus plus two hundred cute factor. Yeah. <laughs> I have a cat and I actually feel like very similarly about about the cat. Like if the cat is sitting mm-hmm. on my lap when I'm playing Blitz, it has like this really like soothing, calming effect, you know? Yeah. And it, there's something about just like, you know, you, you can kinda like zone out and just like the, the moves come naturally. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And like I said, exactly. for science, we gotta do more research here. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that can be part of the uh, the chess party Twitch style OTB tournament. Is like uh, pets are allowed. Oh, but that would be, be <laughs> that could that be would probably be like the best event ever. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's also true. Bring your pet to a chess tournament, best event ever. I well, like it's just I'm imagining like so many streamers and like all the communities plus adorable pets. Like, that's just, that's right. a one, I, I don't know a better event than that. Right? That's, I mean, that's what I'm thinking too. Like, I worry because like, maybe like if we get like dogs and cats who, you know, are not familiar with the other species too <laughs> close to one another, that could get, that could get weird um, or loud, maybe. 
It's um, true. Yeah. But I feel like there's a way, there's got to be, like, maybe there's, like, ah, okay, here you go. You can play in different divisions. So, like, I'm in the cat division, right? Oh. Or, like, I'm in the dog division, <laughs> or I'm in the bunny division. And you yeah. only play other streamers who have your type of pet. I wonder what other streamer has a bunny, though. Well, that's a good mm. question. I would, there's got to be other bunny streamers, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Bunny, but you know what? Bunny chess streamers? I don't know. Mm. I feel like there needs <laughs> the to be potential. a bunny chess streamer world world championship. That would be that would be awesome. Where, the, where the bunnies play chess. Where the bunnies play chess and we commentate. Oh my god, that would be so funny. <laughs> they just like what do they do? Like nudge the piece with their bunny notes or something? How does they probably yeah, or they just chew on the piece and they'll be like, Okay, touch move and then they'd have to move. <laughs> so I um I have a cousin who has a bunny, and I have very limited bunny experience, but I have to ask, does your bunny, like, occasionally, like, thump its foot really loud on the floor? Honestly, not really. Okay. She is, she's pretty well-behaved, and uh, she's pretty small because she's a dwarf. Oh, So okay. she doesn't make okay. too much noise either, unless I give her too many sticks, then she'll, like, go out on it. But <laughs> sometimes at 3 in the morning, I will wake up because of that, but it's worth it. Got it. Is that like so? I, I don't know much about bunny psychology. Is that like a like a request for food or or is it just no, like hey, I'm they a bunny just really yeah they really like to be chewing like all the time mm -hmm. and I can't always give her food to eat so sticks and stuff are are good ways for her to still be chewing um, and also not get bored during the night. Hmm. Okay, good to know. The more you know. See, look, this is an educational podcast. We learn about yeah. streaming and bunny, like proper bunny care. What exactly. more could you and ask? You guys for? have a new event to come up with now, which we also brainstormed. I know. I, I should mention that, like, it is literally my job to come up with new events for US Chess. So, like, you know, if anybody can pull this off, I think we're we're in the right direction here. I don't know how this pitch is gonna go. I mean, I don't know if I can pitch like. No. Yes, we're gonna let them bring animals. Um, you know, hotels might not like that. Maybe we need, like, an outdoor venue. I don't know. I'm, al I'm already thinking yeah. of this from, like, an event <laughs> planning perspective. Like, how, how are we going to pull off the streamers <laughs> with their pets tournament? But, you know, honestly, I think, like, more events like that. You know, like, if you look at, if you look at some of the most successful events during the pandemic, you mentioned pod chips, right? Um, mm -hmm. Some of the most successful events are sort of outside that traditional sphere of like what a chess tournament can be right yeah do you think there's like do you think there's like an appetite for that like if we had some weird otb style events would people come play honestly i think it's definitely worth a shot like i'd say again i didn't have that much ex exposure before the pandemic to all the different content like on twitch and stuff and i know it kind of boomed after that anyways but I'd say the way I always thought about chess was like, you know, there's the hobby aspect, the competitive aspect, and you just, you know, play the tournaments, you study, and that's kind of that. Um, but I feel through the pandemic and with Twitch and everyone collaborating, there's these opportunities to have, like, these tournaments where, you know, variety streamers and people that don't play as much pair up with someone, they study and learn from them, and then they meet. There's fun, different kind of tournaments, like... You know, even stuff like Arena Kings, like 960, I mm -hmm. I don't know if that was going on before the pandemic. I didn't really know much about them. But there's also been other things like Chess Done Quick or something. Um, all these different kinds of events with different...
prizes and different rules and it, it's really fun i feel like there's tons of potential to kind of tap into there so i think besides just the standard what you know competitive players kind of think about tournaments and you know studying and kind of solo missions there there's a lot of potential with with um with doing something new like that so i really like those events and i really liked watching pog champs as well so mm -hmm. i'd say finding those events to still do or new ways to improve them or update them or new things to kind of throw into it would be pretty pretty fun to watch yeah i you mentioned chess 960 are you are you a chess variant fan at all i love 960 mm -hmm. um that's probably my favorite i'm not that great at variants like i don't mind three check and mm -hmm. um what's the other one king of the hill uh, those are my three favorites, but in general, like Crazy House, Bug House, I am pretty awful. <laughs> pretty it's awful. It's interesting, like Three Check and King of the Hill, they definitely have like some similarities to like normal chess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not too far. I actually had this this dream, and I'm gonna run this by you and get your take on it. I mm -hmm. wanted to run a tournament um, where it's like a variant championship. And um, I don't know. I don't know if it's each day or maybe it's like, like a two-hour arena followed by another two-hour arena. Or I, I haven't worked out the logistics. So you have any, if you have any ideas, send them my way. Mm -hmm. But let's just say each day you play a new variant. So like day one would be like 960. Day two would be three check. Day three would be king of the hill. Day four would be crazy house. Day five mm -hmm. might be something like really weird, like racing kings or something like that. Have you played racing kings? Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. It's so weird <laughs> but then you know at the end you just like whatever your total score is between all the variants like that's your score for the tournament what do you think about something like that oh honestly that's pretty interesting I, i've never seen that done before and i like that kind of point system and i definitely say i mean i would think that's definitely fun to participate in and if you do end up throwing something like that you can kind of see you know what people thought about it or how the point system kind of worked out and mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure there'll always be something else you can throw in or figure out what's improved for like the next edition you do of it. But that's definitely interesting because there are variant stuff like I guess specifically with 960 most of the time. Yeah. But I've never heard of like, you know, combining all the variants and different points and ex being exposed to all those different options. That's pretty cool. I yeah, like it. I, I thought it might be kind of fun, you know, maybe call it like the, you know, the US variant championship or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, a boy can dream, let's put it that way. I don't, I don't know if it'll ever come to fruition, but I think it would be really cool if, if it ever got pulled off. Yeah, it's a good idea for sure. I like it. So you you are uh, a pretty pretty tough blitz and bullet player. I noticed on Leech Us, you, know, you got the ratings uh, going up there. Um, one question I love to ask uh, players on stream, uh, and, and it's kind of like a, a, a quick reaction, like what makes a good blitz player? Ooh. Um, honestly, I think what makes a good Blitz player is, you know, kind of making sure you kind of know your openings, pat down so you can kind of breeze through it. And also just, you can't really think too much in Blitz. And a tip that I got a long time ago when it came to even over the board chest is kind of playing the first move that came to your mind. Because a lot of time, your first instinct, honestly, is not that bad. It's a pretty good move. Yeah. And I'd say you want to watch staying up on time. Um, and most of the time, what I find anyways is like, with most Blitz games, you got to have the mouse skills because it's going to come down to the flagging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So so uh, tell us, you know, tell us your setup. Like, what do you use? Do you have like the optical mouse? Do you have the wireless? How, how do you how do you enhance your speed with the mouse? 
Oh boy, I have like the Logitech G502 Hero. Wow, um, see, okay, I just want to pause. That's how you know a serious Blitz player right there, boom. No, they no, no, I turned, <laughs> <laughs> I turned my mouse upside oh, down and oh. the brand name is there because oh, I have okay. no idea what mouse I have. I, I was going to say, that'd like... be really impressive if you were just like <laughs> yeah. off the top of your head, oh, I have the Logitech G502 <laughs> Model 6 Series Y, you know? <laughs> No, no, no. It was on sale. Um, I used, to, <laughs> I got it on sale, um, for like I think twenty nine dollars or thirty dollars. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, I've seen people use it before, and I, it's a pretty good mouse. So I've just kind of stuck with it. And um, for like computer wise, um, I used to just stream on a laptop, like my mm -hmm. first, like while of streaming. Um, but then even for things outside of chess and streaming, I kind of need to upgrade anyway. So I got like a, I had a monitor, so I got a desktop finally. So I have a desktop tower. Um, but besides that, I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't have anything too, too fancy. Okay. Yeah. You know, I have, I have a friend who, uh, is like a ridiculously good bullet player. He's like 2,800 on lead chess ish. And he wow. plays on like this super old setup. I mean, <laughs> it's gotta be from like... <laughs> I would say the 90s, but it's prob that's probably just being rude. It's probably like 2005 <laughs> is how old his computer is. And his mouse, like, some of the buttons don't even click. And I'm like, dude, oh imagine how good you would be if you had, like, just, like, a computer, you know, that worked. So that wasn't, like, uh, running Windows 98 or whatever, whatever you've got going on there. Yeah, 3,000 easy. <laughs> I know. I, I personally think, like, I, I can play a lot better when I'm playing on my desktop with my, like, nice, you know, gaming mouse. You know, I, I feel like my speed goes up quite a bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, Davina, this has been so much fun. I, I really appreciate you coming on and talking uh, with me today. I did want to ask you, uh, before we signed off, um, you know, sort of a two-part question here. What are your future goals or aspirations, you know, part one? you know, for over the board play and then part two, you know, with your stream, with your broadcasting, with your Twitch. Yeah, of course. So when it comes to over the board, um, obviously I want to go back at some point. I'm thinking closer to 2022 when some things in my life kind of calm down and I have more time to study and feel more confident about some things. Um, but when it comes back to that regarding goals for over the board, I used to always have goals, you know, like I want to set my eyes on a specific title or get to a specific rating, whether it's USCF or FIDE. But um, I think, you know, to kind of be different from how it used to be, I'm just going to kind of play for fun and, you know, enjoy the game and enjoy what I study and how long I study and not stress myself out too much about it. And when I enjoy the game and just do my best and hope the results kind of follow there. So that's what I'm hoping to aim for when I go back. And um, regarding streaming, I just want to kind of keep streaming consistently build uh, my community and I'm hoping to kind of do more things regarding mental health when it comes to my stream that's a big topic I'm really passionate about and I think when it comes to chess as well you know mental health is so important to it and yeah. a lot of people talk about it but that kind of world isn't really too tapped into or advocated for um, and I want to do more charity streams regarding you know just mental health um, mental health charity streams for certain organizations, but also just in general. Um, I've done one charity stream recently so far for pancreatic cancer. Actually, James Canty was, I think, helping host. So that was really Oh, fun. very cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, 
but those are just some of my goals and uh i'm hoping you know i kind of have the the overall vision and my overall goals but i'm hoping at some point in the future if i keep working on them you know specific opportunities things will come up and i can kind of branch out into those areas that's great that's really great you know i I think you're right. It, it, it is important to, if nothing else, if nothing else, this this past year plus in the pandemic has, has taught us how critical it is to take care of your own mental health. And um, yeah. so I'm, I'm really thrilled to hear that you're interested in that and you're passionate about that. And I, I look forward to continuing to follow your streams and um, and follow along with, with everything you do. And of course, wish you the absolute absolute best in terms of both your return to Over the Board as well as whatever you may may work on with your, your broadcasting. Thank you so much, and thank you for uh, letting me come onto the podcast to talk. It was a wonderful experience and really nice talking to you. Oh, great. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you. Uh, for, for Davina Devagram, Women's Fide Master, uh, you can check out um, her, her Twitch channel. Davina, correct me if I get this wrong. It's twitch.tv slash twitchlesgo. Is that right? Yes, yes. And that's Twitch, L-E-Z-G-O. Um, you can check her out uh, there. You can check her out via Lee Chess. Davina, this has been great. For the Chess Underground, I am your host, uh, Pete Karianis. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Chess Underground, a U.S. chess podcast. Please check out our entire suite of podcasts, which release every Tuesday, and include Ladies' Night with Jen Shahad, as well as Chess Life cover stories and One Move at a Time with Dan Lucas. Until next time, signing off, Pete Karyanis.